0: What is up Gypsy gang We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast uh, but this is one of our special Red Bull quarterly report and this is the last quarterly report for 2023 and SVG joins us in studio. He talks at length about his departure from supercars, his transition to NASCAR full-time in 2024, and all the ways in which he would fix the supercars championships in Australia if he just had a magic wand and he could do whatever he wanted. Uh, I had a blast doing these all year. Uh, So thanks for everyone who listened and followed the Red Bull Ampole racing team through the 2023 supercar season. Uh, And I'm just stoked to do this one with SVG as well. A good friend of mine and just a good dude in general he's a very misunderstood fellow um but he i can guarantee he's a really 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 great dude and i'm very excited for what he has coming up in the next few years in nascar um i just love when you see friends kind of reaching their potential and uh svg definitely falls into that category so that's it from me uh a couple messages and then enjoy this one with svg gentlemen our friends over at manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below the waist grooming experience like none other than their brand new performance package 5.0 ultra featuring the lawnmower 5.0 we're talking about the next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GYPSYGANG. High tech for low places. AI is cool and all, and uh, I get it, but the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen may well just be in this new Manscaped 5.0 Ultra Package. Their fifth-generation trimmer features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. We also have dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones, three length-setting combs. Oh, and did I mention that it is waterproof as well? Also, inside this package features the Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop soother toner, and two free gifts. That is going to be the boxes and the shed travel bag, which I highly recommend. Get all this plus free shipping uh, and 20% off with the code GYPSYGANG at MANSCAPE.COM. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GYPSYGANG at MANSCAPE.COM. I can promise you, you've never seen a ball trimmer look quite this good. Get yours today from our folks at MANSCAPE. We're also brought to you by the team at Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile isn't just another phone company. They're all about giving you freedom and flexibility with their range of pre-played packages starting at just $10. You get the power to choose. Need unlimited calls and texts? They've got it. Wants heaps of data for stream st- streaming and scrolling? Boost plans have you covered. Here's the kicker. They operate on the full Telstra 4G network, ensuring you get reliable coverage wherever you go. No more drop calls or lost connections. It's the network you trust with the plans you love. Ready to make the switch? Well, you just head to boost.com.au to explore their range of plans and check out the latest phone deals. Plus, with Boost's easy activation process, you'll be up and running in no time. Join the Boost mobile community today by heading to... Boost.com.au. We're also brought to you by the team at MXstore.com.au, Australia's largest range of parts and accessories, as well as the original glove company and the best glove company. That is, of course, Fist Handwear. You can head to Fisthandwear.com and use the code Gypsy Gang for 15% off. And if you go to TropicalAuto.com.au, And you give Kyle a call if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle. He is going to make sure you get sorted. Uh, they got a range of new and used cars there. So just ask for Kyle and uh, you'll get dialed. That's it from me. Enjoy this awesome episode with the legendary Cody Webb. We are also brought to you by the team at Dixon Quality Australia. You can head to dixonquality.com.au. Uh, they're hands down the best funnels in the game, in my opinion. Uh, and it is summer now, coming into summer uh, back in Australia. So if you're not into funnels, they do have a bunch of other stuff too. A bunch of boardies, a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of party shirts as well. Uh, so dixonquality.com.au for your year-round goodness. We also need to give out a shout-out to Dry Times. There hasn't been much innovation in the Humble Towel for as long as I can remember. Uh, But that is until now. Dry times may have created the perfect towel with their quick drying, odour free and super absorbent towel. It also takes up a fraction of the space of a traditional one. Uh, Dry times also make the perfect towel for every occasion. They make towels for the gym, the beach and even ponchos for post surf, which I absolutely love. To find out more about the perfect towel, head to drytimes.com or check them out on Instagram at DryTimes. That's it from me and the ads. Enjoy this episode with the one and only Shane Van Gisbergen. Righto, SVG is uh, in the studio for uh, the final quarterly uh, report of the year and uh mate a bit of a bit of a send-off we get to kind of just talk all things v8 and the i guess the the cool well, supercars and the the career yeah. that you've had um three-time bathurst winner now you've won i think everything that there is to win uh and then sailing off into the sunset for a new uh new challenge in nascar mate so first of all as a friend congratulations bro i'm very happy for you and very proud
1: of you Thank you. It's a pretty cool intro. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's been a been a pretty cool journey here for quite a few years, but um, yeah, the the next part's going to be exciting too.
0: Oh man, it's crazy. Like I luckily enough got to watch you race at Indy, um, flew over and got to kind of be a fly on the wall for that. And I was actually just blown away at how many SVG fans you made in one. <laughs> epic race you know (laughs) uh and you know like at indy it was a few weeks later and uh there was a lot of people there in svg merch there was um, you know the crowd was cheering for you whenever you know you were doing the driver intros and stuff like that so it's pretty wild to think that you've had such an insanely successful career in supercars and it's like okay cool that's like the halfway mark and now we're kind of you get to start this whole journey all over again it's it's wild to think
1: yeah it's um it's huge huge change and almost like i'm starting as a rookie again or i am at the bottom again and but it's a completely different discipline and type of racing so doing the ovals and only a few road courses a year it's like um it's like starting rallying like i did a couple of years ago or a whole different sport so yeah, it's not much relative to what I do now apart from a couple of times a year where we turn right. So yeah, fully fully starting again and but I'm looking forward to the challenge. I love uh, learning new skills, I guess, and racing different people and new tracks, understanding how it all understanding how it all works.
0: Yeah, cuz I could imagine mm. that it's not like the supercar stuff would ever get easy, but after a while <laughs> you're in the same team, you go to the same tracks and you're one of the best guys and it's almost like if it ain't broke don't fix it and you know there's always new challenges like this year you had a new car and stuff but you know this feels like something very very challenging and exciting and it's like you're biting off something pretty massive
1: yeah supercars never really got stale like it's that's the best thing about motorsport it's always evolving Mm. like you'll have a perfect setup and then the next year even if you got similar parts your setups completely different you're always evolving always trying to get quicker and quicker and then even this year with the with the change of cars and stuff you know it's never it never got boring here it was always full of full of change and always life but yeah this is um it's an even bigger change obviously next year um, and a, and a massive a massive challenge but yeah that's the best thing about motorsport no matter what you're doing every series is always new challenges, new people to race, new teams and cars, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. So mm. when you're in it, like, and just from knowing <clears throat> you and knowing a bunch of other races and kind of like top tier athletes, you're never really thinking about the achievements and the accolades and what you actually accomplish when you're in the moment, because if yep. you did, you probably wouldn't be achieving <laughs> yeah. those things because you're thinking about stuff that kind of doesn't matter. But after Adelaide, it's your last race for the foreseeable future in a supercar. Have you had much of a chance to kind of reflect on your career and what you're able to achieve?
1: Yeah, it was... um, Yeah, I haven't really and I don't really know if I will. Like, I try and be in the moment and present, you know. I didn't really know how I was going to feel or react, you know, putting the helmet on for the last time at Adelaide or, you know seeing the guys afterwards or the team party and had a few mates come over to try and make it special as my last one they come over from New Zealand and that was pretty awesome them surprising me but I didn't really have any feelings about it I just suited up tried to do my best and you know prepared as best as I can and just went racing like there was no extra emotion or anything but after the weekend for sure um settled down a bit and um, it's been been pretty awesome but yeah I don't really look on you know no i don't even know how many race wins i had or whatever but obviously i had yeah. three championships and bathurst and stuff like that and those those stats will be pretty cool and something to look back on in in years time but at the moment i just now want to add to my nascar stats i don't uh you know that's something i think when you're in your rocking chair later on you'll you'll look at that stuff <laughs> and yeah think about how you had such a good time but also reflect on the races that you could have won as well
0: yeah yeah and i think i mean it's cool like I just I know that you're not the guy that does it <laughs> so yeah. it's like I know I know that uh, it's where your head's at with that stuff but I mean yeah like I'll say it for you like it's this crazy career dude like to do what you did mm. and to come from New Zealand and so much of it was just like you and your dad you know and it's like you guys kind of trying to figure it out and being the underdog from. Nz that that came over and you just ended up literally being the man, you know. And it's, uh, I think it's a it's a crazy crazy ride to to go on. And I know you don't think about it, but it's definitely worth saying.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, so Bathurst three time Bathurst winner. Um, yep. I guess what does that one feel like?
1: Yeah, I think that's it. Didn't save our year, but it certainly made it more of a success I guess when you look back at the year in a, in a whole, we we obviously had some tough moments but still second and then winning Bathurst was um, is huge um, especially the way the week went I, I went to that week with a different plan and convinced Andrew um, took a bit of convincing for how I wanted to do it um, because at Sandown we probably didn't manage it that well prepping for an endurance race and then for Bathurst you know we just focus on race pace all week and he was a bit worried how we'd look on the on the timesheets always being slow you know you always want to be up the front mm. every session and going hard but this car the way it is and the way the soft tyre was at Bathurst I knew the races was just going to be you know we we're going to have to be driving around so slowly so smoothly just you know and the pace was four or five seconds off what we qualified so um, all weekend we were near the bottom of the timesheets and we'd pop up at the end if we put tires on, but I knew we were going to be good. Um, especially every session we, when we did the race runs, we were fastest or pretty much the fastest car. And I knew that we couldn't get much more fuel in our car from, from what we started. So, you know, it was just a case of being patient. And as soon as the race started, we were, we were away. Um, you know we we did take the fuel out in qualifying obviously and we were the car was nowhere but we hadn't worked on the car really for quali. and then in the race richie was he was awesome because he had just done race runs all weekend as well and then myself we were just able to do that constant pace we knew what the car was going to be like through a stint and you know we were we were the fastest car all day and then even in that last stint we we're a little bit heavy brock and and Brody were was sort of catching a little bit before brock had his issue but that last stop we still would have popped out 15 seconds up the road or whatever we did. It was, um, it was pretty amazing how that day worked. You never, never normally have a Bathurst without issues. And yeah, yeah all, all day it was seamless. Richie did a good job. And Andrew was just, just amazing all weekend, how he, how he set the car up and, and ran the race. It worked out really cool. Man,
0: that must've been a super cool feeling to be kind of like doing victory laps at Bathurst almost.
1: Yeah, like I've never I've never had a race there where of the two that I had won previous where I hadn't been under pressure and it was actually pretty cool. Like I obviously stayed focused, but I took it in a bit the last couple of laps and you know, I knew it might be my last one for a while and it's um pretty freaking hard race to win. It took me a long time. <laughs> so yeah, that last couple of laps of just cruising around and enjoying myself and I uh, actually couldn't believe the beer cans, like the amount of beer cans that people have thrown over the fence just <laughs> sitting beside the track. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's funny the things you see. But, um, yeah, had had a good time and seeing everyone after, you know, it means so much to everyone. A uh, Bathurst weekend, It's um, a Bathurst win is one of the best moments or feelings you can get.
0: Is uh, Is that going to be something you miss every year? Like, will you be on the couch in the U.S.? counting your cash from all your nascar wins and being like damn i wish i was about this this weekend
1: yeah i don't like the week the week is too much like we we get there on a tuesday and we just do a crazy get amount handed. of oh i don't enjoy that part but i love the race i love the race morning doing the warm-up checking the car and then you know you do your driver's parade and the atmosphere is starting to build up and then on the grid with the jets like i love the race day there but the rest of the week's just hell but um yeah the the race it's a feeling i'll miss you know and um it's one of my favorite favorite race days
0: was it cool getting to race all the endurance stuff with richie this year because i know the first time we did this that was something you were talking about where you were like man i'm actually excited to get richie in the car and to kind of work with him on that
1: yeah 100 percent. and he's a different person with his racing mindset now than a few years ago and it was really cool to work with him we did clash a bit at Sandown with what we wanted from the car and stuff, but at Bathurst it was perfect. He just um, learned how to drive it, listened to what we said, and then his contributions were really good as well. And in the race, he he drove amazing, pushed when he needed to. You know, he even drove up to the back of Brody at one point for the lead, and then he just sat there and stayed in a slipstream. It was um it was very impressive what he did and how he approached it. And um yeah, I'm sure at Groves next year he's gonna be um gonna be pretty strong.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's. I guess it's got to be a hard balance to to walk. I mean, me and Brock were talking about it with J Dub, you know, where Brock's kind of got to draw the line. Be like, right, I get it, but it's my car. Like, I'm. <laughs> this is my. You know, I'm. The, yeah. It's my. I'm the lead driver on this on this one. But you know, like, it, it's a hard balance to walk at times
1: yeah exactly and it was even i think it was Sandown. he wanted something from the car and i'm like yeah that'd be good over one lap but we're doing 160 so we need to make the tire <laughs> yeah. live it's all about that and you know once we got into the race um you know he was he was away he was much better and his tire life was was awesome i think he learned a bit there and then at bathurst as well his race pace was so much better than Sandown as well so yeah probably taught him a bit much but at least i don't have to race him next year <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: true, eh? Hey? Man, yeah. was it uh, hard to to see Brock go through what they did there? Like, I mean, he he talks about Bathurst like he's he's had heartbreak at every, you know. I'm <laughs> like, bro, you've done <laughs> you've only done a couple. Like, it took yeah. you a long a long time to win it, but yeah, I, you know, you, you guys win, and then you have to see him in the garage, you know, kind of being as dejected as you would be after that happens at a Bathurst.
1: Oh, exactly. I've been through that there a couple of times, and yeah, um, and and we were lucky it didn't happen to us. Like my guess, shift tower was broken as well. But seeing um, Zane and and Craigo, what it meant to them and how how early they got knocked out, but it still sucked to to see that happen. You know, they were they were fast in their in their race runs, and then um, yeah, Brock, they were on for a good result. A team one two would have been would have been epic, and um, yeah, seeing how much it means to brock you know um it was pretty hard to see and then you know we go to the team dinner and and uh you know all the super cheap guys are sad and you know half our garage is a bit sad and you know you kind of feel for them but we just won Bathurst, you know so it was (laughs) a bit a bit mixed emotions but yeah you know most of the guys were pretty happy with the end result
0: yeah and brock has plenty more chances
1: Oh, exactly. And he's pretty pretty fast at that track now and he got plenty of years left, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just to speak on that real quick, like I I was going to kind of get into it a bit later, but hmm. two young drivers next year for the Red Bull team. And it's crazy to think that Brock at 21 is going to be like the elder statesman of of the, you know, of the Red Bull team. Like, what do you think about that dynamic? Like you'll be on the outside looking in, and you know you'll see like a really young t- a team, which traditionally that hasn't been how Red Bull has approached racing in Australia.
1: Yeah, I haven't really thought about it too much now, but um, it's gonna be interesting. Um, Will is a very different personality, but in a good way, and it'd be interesting to see what he brings with, you know, the car direction and stuff. Because obviously, Erebus have been very strong. Um, so yeah, that'd be interesting to see what he contributes and then how they work together and, um, how fast they're going to be. Um, Brock doesn't like getting beaten and neither should anyone doing what we do. And I'm sure they will be competitive, but hopefully it's in a, in a good way and they drive each other up and yeah, it's obviously Brock's team and Will's joining, I guess. Um, but yeah, they got to learn to get along quickly and try and, you know, put the team first before getting into a swinging competition with each other, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure will will be, will will be good. He's got a good family around him too. They're good people. And um, yeah, I think the, the team is in a, in a good place with their two drivers now.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you yep. guys, I think it's the perfect dynamic. I mean, obviously the NASCAR stuff wasn't on the table when you guys first started driving together. But I think yep. it's such a cool dynamic when you get a younger driver that has all of the time in the world and all of the you know talent and potential. And then when he's got an older teammate that's literally the man in the series and you kind of get put into this position of like, all right, I just got to learn off Shane, be better where I can. And then you kind of take on a bit of a, a, I guess it's like a really easy dynamic in a sense. Like the roles are very much set in place. And then next year you go into the series and it's sort of it's like oh yeah Brock. i've been here a couple of years you know i know how the car works but it's sort of just like eh. <laughs> yeah like, yeah i could see that there being like a fight for the top spot in a sense
1: yeah i can see that too and that's what happened with jamie and i and you know we we did get along well and we were, we raced hard but you know there's only one pit bay and you want to be the first one there so you get the priority and jamie and i used to battle pretty hard and you know, we probably went over the over the line a couple of times. I think it was twenty <laughs> twenty one sure at twenty one at Townsville, <laughs> and then at Eastern Creek. You know, but um, Brock and I never really did that. We always raced um, respectfully and gave room, and there were no desperate moves really on each other. And even though this last year the stacking risk has been worse than ever with the fuel time, we just it's been a really good dynamic. The engineers got along well, and us drivers, so it's been really cool. But hopefully, they can they can keep that next year because as you said it's um two young guys trying to be the be the one it'll be it'll be interesting
0: so i guess touching on the 23 season you cars you're obviously vocal about it at the start of the year people pissed in your cornflakes basically and told you that you you shouldn't really talk about those (laughs) kinds of things but hey you're not racing next year so uh, do you have any i guess less filtered thoughts or like after spending a year with the cars and I guess where are you at on it now?
1: Yeah, it's a hard one because you still don't want to you know still got a lot of friends obviously next year that have to have to be in the series and do well, but obviously there's some big uh, personnel or technical shakeups at, at supercars next year and so there probably should be. Um, but yeah I just I just hope they listen to the to the drivers really and let the drivers have some input but more importantly the fans you can read everything you read online or talk to people you know you need um it's going in the opposite direction some things from what people want so hopefully um yeah hopefully it gets better hopefully they make the cars a bit more raceable and get rid of the fuel drop and all that kind of stuff because at the moment you look at adelaide everyone does the same thing you know you race around you get held up your tires get hot everyone does the minimum fuel and then you come in for the second one and just do this ridiculously long pit stop everyone just does the same thing and you there's no racing you know we were all promised we were promised a car that it was more raceable and could drive hard and make mistakes and you know you looked at bathurst i didn't drive a lap flat out the whole race i was driving around two seconds off of what i could do just saving tires and driving around and it was probably a boring Bathurst it was good from my part being out front but yeah. you know Bathurst always comes alive at the end cuz everyone's pushing hard on the limit yep. hitting hitting walls making mistakes in the marbles but you know you had 25 dry, 25 guys and girls driving around there at 50% not making mistakes and we all just drove around spread out so hopefully they they can make some changes and make the cars raceable when you got to drive them on the limit the tire likes to run at a higher temperature or there's a something you can do with the car to just make it make it be able to push and follow because at the moment the following is probably worse than last year when you catch someone the car just cooks and then you're stuck stuck doing whatever the guy's paces ahead so yeah and i don't know i think tim edwards will be good i think he'll be a good person to level level it out and implement some changes you know that sort of look like the last guys were a bit burnt out or gave up or didn't take criticism very well and yeah hopefully hopefully tim's good for the sport i think he i think he will be
0: yeah i mean i personally loved mm. him like i think he's mm. and you you're if you're around him you like you know he cares and he's super passionate yep. you know and i think that mm. yeah and it's hard i guess to to, to be on the supercars side of things it's like it's i'm sure there's a lot of moving parts and i'm sure that there, it's harder than people think yep. but like you said and just to listen to drivers and you know there's people out there like yourself that have got years of experience in these cars and in mm. the series and it's like i feel like you guys probably have a pretty solid idea you know
1: yeah it's um like the cars look amazing and the flames and everything and that became a <laughs> yeah. joke because that ended up being one of the better things about it or so hopefully um you know they have such an amazing concept and um, you know, when you drive driving the prototype last year, there were some good things about it, and then everyone wanted their own thing, and you know, trying to make an own roll bar system, and you know, the cars would have been better with roll bars, but the system didn't get made in time by one of the teams, so that's the reason it doesn't have roll bars, and that's you know, they sold the story. Oh, it'll be better without roll bars, um, you know. So just being more open to everyone, and you know, now we got guys under the car during a pit stop getting burnt. One of the guys got burnt laying under the car trying to change a roll bar you know stuff like that so i think just being a bit more transparent would be good
0: yeah and so if you let's say you just get given a magic wand and you're like okay giz here's (laughs) the wand you can you can do five things to the cars or to the series um on your way out just just sprinkle some dust on us like what what would you do that's
1: putting me on the spot first thing i'd do is rebrand it i'd rebrand it back to v8 supercars yeah let's (laughs) go (laughs) yeah and then i'd do the wind tunnel testing for parity which they're doing um i put a put a different type of dunlop on it you know dunlop has been a huge supporter of the series and you know they've kept the cost down but the tires have fallen behind because of it so i'd put even if you had to spend a bit more money you'd make a better tyre that could handle the heat handle some pushing but then you just give people less of them yeah um to to offset the cost of it and or just spend more money on tyres they're the most important part of a race car and that would make that they would make the racing much better
0: from karting to f1
1: yep, exactly and uh yeah then i'll probably get rid of all the fuel drop stuff you know they brag about how the engines are so much closer than ever so why do they put us in a box with the with the fuel drop you know if you could change the start level or change how much you had to put in you know you bring in fuel saving trying to have different levels of pit stops or how many amount of how many pit stops i think that would make the racing much better is that four i don't know about it. yeah let's say four yeah (laughs) yeah four will do that's probably the four biggest things and that would you know those things instantly would make good change i think and
0: i mean it doesn't sound like crazy stuff you know like it's it's not like you're trying to reinvent the series
1: yeah i think those are the the biggest problem dunlop can make good tires like they they kill it in all the tires or all the competitions where it's an open tire so you know the technology is there we just need to use it
0: yeah yeah no it, it makes sense and so i guess to then zoom out on like your own career and to look back at some of your favorite moments in supercars like what what are some of the things that and they might not even be victories maybe it's people friendships like you know when you kind of look back what's some of the highlights of being a v8 supercar driver
1: yeah well the biggest one or one of the biggest things is actually just being that like that was my dream when i was a kid going out to Pukekohe when i was younger and um yeah all, it's just what i wanted to be i wanted to be like greg murphy and jason richards and paul Radisic and Getting to do that as um, as my job, I guess you know, was um, it's been a dream to be a, a professional race car driver and V8 supercars, so.
0: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions
1: apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I've had a ball and loved it, um, but I've had to pick a moment. It would be Pukekohe last year. Yeah. To really? The way, um, Oh, yeah, the way that last day went. You know, I got pole in the first race, and you know the car was, was amazing. And then the second race, I mucked it up. Um, so I thought, oh, that's it. I think we were eighth or ninth. And then yeah, won the first race and it was a pretty awesome race. I had some some battles with Will and Chaz and managed to put them in some good spots and kept myself up front. And then that last race, just how it all fell into place. I thought, oh, we'll just just um try and get a good result. Hopefully make the podium would be awesome for the last one and maybe get the JR trophy. But yeah, we drove everything just, you know, fell into place there. And Will had the pit stop problem and then we ran a bit long, came out and yeah had a good battle with brock out of the pits and then won that last race with an epic battle with cam um and then yeah just seeing the crowd after i made the pass the crowd went up and you know when i when i finished the race murph was the first guy there and you know i did the good skid first and everything and then just having my family my friends there the jr trophy and 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 andrew andrew edwards winning that like he'd worked with jr in the past and he he got chosen as the team rep to go up on the podium and yeah just seeing how much how emotional he was how much that meant to him like yeah it was um, it was one of the coolest coolest days in racing I've I've ever had by far it was um it was really cool and it's a it's a track that it'll never happen again at you know the track's gone now
0: yeah man that mm-hmm. that is that is a pretty epic day and just to be at home you know like i think it's sometimes maybe you think oh when you're from new zealand like new zealand australia potato potato but i mean you left your family you left your friends you left your home to you know go and, and race so it's like when you do get a chance to do something like that at home in front of your people your friends like a place that you spent so much time going like that is pretty special
1: yeah and you know Maff always used to talk about it you know the crowds worth two tenths or Mansell used to, Nigel Mansell used to say that it's worth half a second and you know it's all in your head I guess but you do get that lift you get the motivation oh and for sure yeah like even passing people I think I passed Reynolds at the hairpin and we were together and there's a little grandstand on the left I just saw that because I went to check the mirror and look left and I just saw that grandstand erupt like it was it was pretty cool so yeah and it does spur you on in the moment and yeah it's, um, yeah, it's a hard feeling to replicate Man, it's
0: so cool. And what about yeah. rivals in this in the series? Like who
1: who was the hardest dude to beat? Um, well, it was both Scotty and Jamie. I think our our peak or peak rivalry was you know twenty seventeen to end of twenty twenty when he left. I guess Scotty smoked us in twenty nineteen and twenty a little bit. Um, but yeah, he was. I think we all just pushed ourselves to those next levels you know we just kept leapfrogging each other and scotty always had us covered and qualifying his qualifying was insane one but lap freak yeah but in in racing we all we all were pushing so hard and then you know 20 end of 20 scotty left End of 21 ja- or in 21 sorry jamie was on his way out and i kind of found myself left at at this level by myself you know and it was um kind of missed being pushed like that for those last couple of years, like those guys, those guys really pushed me. So the rivalry was, it was, it was pretty cool, but always, always friendly. Scotty and I had our moments and niggles, I guess, but always afterwards we were friends and, um, yeah, we always, always respected each other so much.
0: Yeah. And you kind of, you kind of have to have those niggles in a sense, like it just shows the level at which you
1: care, you know? yeah yeah well it's my i want to win the championship so does he, you know and see when he's beats me on the podium i'm not you know i congratulate him but i'm not happy about it <laughs> yeah. i want to be the guy up there so we had some pretty yeah. awesome races where i come second and you know still enjoy myself but yeah i wanted to i wanted to beat him and he wanted to beat me yeah
0: yeah, yeah no i mean and that that is a such a sick error and to do Dude, like some of those battles you mentioned early with JV dude I remember watching those races and just yeah. being like whoa <laughs> like I would yeah. not want to be in that garage
1: yeah I just yeah it was crazy the Townsville one we it was like yeah. the days where we had to take two tires or three tires and obviously three tires takes four seconds longer but you get the advantage of a, one front tire and Couchy and I thought oh well if they let us take two tires we can get the lead and try and keep it and they said yeah you can you can take two and fight for the win so i thought okay so we yeah we were the same speed you know we were and we but we decided to take two tires and jamie took three and we came out in front and then i thought oh well i only got to block him for two or three laps and then his tire will be cooked and he's got no advantage so i blocked hard like i would anyone else but i kept it clean and then you know he bumped me a few times which he he can do and then the radio started going off, saying, "Oh, you guys can't race thirds catching. You need to give Jamie the lead." And I was like, "What? It's you know, we it was daylight third. You know, third was nowhere to be seen." And um, yeah, then eventually his tire cooked, and I pulled away a bit, and we were the same speed. I thought, "Oh, that was a good race. The plan worked well." Um, but then, yeah, we got dragged over the coal afterwards, Couchy and I. But it was it was a bit awkward. But other than that, it was. Um, yeah, most of the races were pretty good with Jamie, yeah. Yeah, oh,
0: but to just have two dudes on the same team that are just the highest level, you know, the car's amazing, it's like generations old, and it's just like a free-for-all. You're just like, all right, boys, just go, do, I don't know, do your thing, you know? That's like yeah, a pretty rare yeah. a rare scenario in motorsports. It's exactly. kind of like the dream it, scenario, but it doesn't
1: happen often. Yeah, and, and like he... He had no weak tracks really when I first joined. Mm. It was every track he was fast at and always at top level. So that's what I had to get better at fast. Like I had tracks where I didn't quite understand how to be quick or or wasn't that good at. And he's, but he's just good everywhere. It was a pretty, pretty impressive level that he was at for for so long. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And did that, so did that help drag you along a little bit in the early
1: days? Oh, of course it did. And even, even Craig, like the, you know first round was Adelaide that we went to and they mm. b- they drive chalk and cheese and I was there learning how to drive the car and the setup and like turn nine at Adelaide Craig turns in 100 meters before anyone else it seems like and but they both come out the other side with the same speed so I was trying to work out which one to drive like or which how to learn to be better in a triple eight car and obviously I tried to choose Jamie because obviously he was the benchmark but Some of the things Craig could do in a car was amazing as well and how he made a tire live driving like he did. It was um, was very impressive. So those first couple of years, I learned a lot off both, but I just tried to emulate what what Jamie was doing.
0: You know, like I'm sitting here listening to you talking about it and, man, V8 Supercars has had some fantastic drivers. Like it really is for a, a, you know, it's Australia's a small country, but, man... What a crazy cool series. When you really zoom out and you really look at, you know, the entire the entire scope of it and how many crazy good drivers we've had. Like it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and a lot could go further now. Like I hope I've tried to show it with going to GT in in Europe and then also now NASCAR and stuff and all over the world, all the racing I've done. Any of the top five or ten supercar guys could come and do that if they got the opportunity. So hopefully it drags a few more out you know we're like anywhere in the world at the top you're in your own little bubble and you kind of focus on what you got and hopefully just people expand and go and do some different things and see the world a bit because it's very easy to stay in supercars all your life i guess and
0: so that's probably a good segue into the nascar stuff i mean when you first got the call from track house to go to chicago like where was your head at and what were your expectations like were you at all wanting to leave supercars or initially where no. was it at before you did that race
1: no so i think it was march at the grand prix or a week after the grand prix where i signed and you know knew i was finally gonna do it do the race we spoke the year before about potentially doing it and then um but yeah i just wanted to go and do the race on an off weekend to go and race something and Yeah, but when we got there, uh, Jess Jess came over with me. Uh, We went to uh, went to Nashville uh, the week weekend before, and um, just got to look at the event and how it all worked. And it was just eye opening the level that the teams are at, but how simple everything is. Like we could walk, Mm. we could walk onto the pit wall and like be a meter or two away from guys doing a pit stop and just watch it. And then you know when we're leaving, we walked up to the back straight and just stood right beside the track on the back straight wall and it was pretty awesome to see and then just seeing how the the world the way it all works there and the repetition of the races and how fun it is like the the outlook on racing in america mm. is very different but when the helmet goes on and it's race time it's super serious but yeah everything else all the pre-race stuff is is crazy how the entertain entertainment and the show they put on and yeah it was i remember that from gt stuff like the GT stuff in america was always so much fun and then the racing was hardcore but yeah just the way the american mentality is and mindset on racing it's it's very different to what we have down here and both are good but um it was pretty refreshing going over there and and then obviously winning the race was above what i thought i'd ever achieve i didn't have i didn't have any expectations obviously hoped to do well and put on a good show i knew i'd be good because it's a similar car but they've never ever done a street circuit before whereas that's what we do all the time here so i knew i'd be okay but where i fit in i i had no idea so um yeah obviously winning the race and the exposure and stuff from that was was insane and then the talks about doing more doing an oval doing another another race which turned out to be indie and I was like, man, maybe I just need to come and do this, and it's um, it was a bit weird because I had signed a contract again with with Red Bull for one more year at least, and um, or Triple Eight, sorry, and then yeah, I was just like, oh, the more we thought about it, we're just, I think it was probably probably a good chance to go and do something else and try and um, try and expand, yeah, yeah.
0: I, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was so cool just to watch the success of the race so like you go there and you win the race obviously but it it was almost what happened after was so cool like I mean the American fans just loved you like you know the the video of the heel toe going viral and you know it just you just seem like such a breath of fresh air in the NASCAR scene and and you know everyone welcomed you with open arms and then to get to go to Indy and we were cruising around at Indy with you and just seeing the way that, you know, the fans interacted and then all of the team personnel and you're right, man, like there was a really, really cool vibe. And I think that that was almost as exciting as, you know, that first race win it's like just how well received it was, you know, like a lot of people, you yep. could go into a series and people just be like, nah, nah, you know, we don't really want you here, but there was such a, like a welcoming, vibe that you know that was cool to see in itself
1: yeah and i guess like the team mentality is very different with Trackhouse. how you know the atmosphere they put on the leadership from justin is is very different to any other team i've ever been a part of but i think just more like the media side and you know the the way that the team said about how it's going to work how project 91 is i just felt like i could be be myself you know and just be open about everything Whereas here, like you get judged for everything. Like you qualify 12, it's a headline. You say something, you know, and it becomes a headline on Speed Cafe or whatever, which is cool. They're just doing their thing. But, you know, and there's probably things in this thing that this that we're doing here that people will take out and make headlines of. But you just have to be always thinking about what you're saying and say the right thing because you get judged so harshly here. And yeah, everyone's, uh, everyone's willing to knock you down or spin the negative of everything whereas over there it just seems like a different a little bit different mentality you can say what you want and every week there's so many stories that come out of a nascar weekend but it's just a it's a mix of everything good bad indifferent if it's a shit race they say that and try and fix it whereas if it's a good race they just spin all the good stories it's whereas here there's just a lot of negativity and trying to find that sound bite just to get the clicks and so you're always scared of that. Whereas over there, I just felt like, yeah, I could be myself. And I think, I think people um, people saw that, and the response I got from people was yeah. was awesome from all the fans and everything.
0: Yeah, and mm. it's so true, man. It it is such a shame the way that I guess it is a, at home because it's like I, I just don't think and we've spoke about it a million times, but it's like I just yep. don't think that the media understands that you can be cool <laughs> like yeah. just be cool and you like they'll the same people that will complain that you will give them nothing on a race like people will be like oh how could you ever get gives to do the podcast he hates doing it i'm like well i don't know that he hates talking i think he just hates you guys <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> it's like it seems it's, like it's... a very simple message that mm those guys could listen to it's like hey just be cool like we we don't need to make shit out of literally everything and it's like there's there's so many cool stories and these guys are really cool people but yeah everyone's too scared to do anything now and and i bet you see it in a lot of different sports but i think you're right like in nascar they seem to have found a certain balance um when it when it comes to that and you know you can i guess yeah see the re- the response um that people had
1: yeah it's definitely definitely different and i think f1's the same as well like they have you know they obviously have a few bad races that are snoozers and but there's always a story every week and they you know they always find some good out of it to keep building it up so hopefully that can that can start happening here yeah
0: yeah can translate so then uh you do the race at indy I don't think many people know how sick you were. Is that like did you, something you just didn't really talk about? Or like, is that because we can yeah. cut it out of this if it's not something you wanted to talk yeah, I don't about?
1: Know. Yeah, I was pretty sick that morning. Like, <laughs> I don't know not why. really sick? Yeah. Yeah, I woke up real bad and couldn't drink anything. I think I woke up at four and just started spewing and didn't feel really good and thought, oh, we need to put the media stuff off. And they said, oh, well, we kind of need to do it. So tried to go to the track, but yeah, I couldn't. Couldn't handle my breakfast, tried to have a coffee and that came straight back up. And then, yeah, just went to the medical center and got on the, uh, got a bit of help there, which from the, from the medical stuff, which was good. And yeah, I was able to do the race, but certainly, certainly wasn't at my best, but yeah, I I don't know how much better I would have been if I was a hundred percent, but yeah, I was pretty, um, pretty drained. I don't know. I don't think it was the best place we all went for dinner the night before, but yeah, yeah, I was pretty sick
0: but Sanelmo after the race was the that was really awesome, great yeah. I wish we were there the first night yeah that was um
1: a pretty good steak
0: <laughs> that was yeah. unreal we we're actually just talking about that the other day um but I mean yeah you still performed awesome I think you probably got the most out of the car that you could like I, I think that it was probably like I think you were just you you drove that car that weekend on that track to its potential
1: yeah i probably gave the wrong feedback there as well after qualifying looking at because my teammate daniel was on a little different setup and he qualified second or third and i probably just went oh we've got to go to that a bit too much but our way was probably going to be better in the race and we just reacted to that a bit wrong but we had a a frayed uh, throttle cable as well so when i'd click on the or just start pressing the throttle it'd be like a click and um, just go over that frayed bit and then go from zero to ten instead of zero to five or something, and, uh, and just so keep you didn't have like
0: bar- modulation.
1: No, just kept barking it up into wheel spin, which wasn't too bad, but it was inconsistent. So that cost us a little bit, but you know, I still had some, I had some awesome racing with Cole Larson and Christopher Bell, like we did it at, at Chicago. But unfortunately, it was for eighth to tenth instead of top three. But um, yeah, like th- I think the potential is still there, but. A little bit of inexperience on my part trying to get the wrong thing out of the car you know but um yeah i think i think still fighting those guys up the front it was a it was a pretty cool pace at the at the start and yeah once we settled in i think on the sheet we were fourth or fifth fastest but i just i just lost too much time at the start in bad spots and not being aggressive enough yeah so
0: what's the now that you've done a couple of races What's comparable? What's not comparable? You know, like the kind of have, I guess, expectations based on those two races this year. Like, where's your head at on that front?
1: No, nah, I don't think they're very comparable. All the driving stuff is is quite different. How they achieve speed and how you have to drive it. The way the tire is, and yeah, I think I think they're very different in that regard. Um, but yeah, the ovals are just going to be the biggest learning part like um you know learning in all the small cars how to all the lower classes sorry how it all works and how to push how to get people's respect and when to push back stuff like that and just learn the flow of the race and mainly the routine of the lifestyle like racing every mm. week getting back to the shop i don't know what the debrief. no not that <laughs> i don't know what i don't know like what the debrief stuff is what the prep stuff's like some stuff training you know diet there's so many things to learn it's going to be massive change and yeah i'm kind of just keeping my thoughts open about it all and no expectations just want to get there settle in learn the routine and the people who i'm working with and yeah just get a good support network around me and then by the time we go racing just you know i just want to feel like i I belong there and just get ingrained in that lifestyle
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's... Dude, it's super exciting. Like, it's hmm. such a cool... I don't know, it's just so cool to see the level that you've kind of got to, you know, and it's like you, you did come through the domestic series and then, you know, it. I guess you don't... Well, I guess we've kind of seen it with, with Scotty and, you know, there's obviously been guys in the past, but it's just really yeah. cool to watch the, the progression and, and that stepping stone. And, you know, you think about... Yeah you think about being a young kid going from New Zealand to Australia full-time in V8 supercars mm-hmm. and, like, the learning curve that you had to go through and you're just, you're figuring out life as well as being a racing car driver and it's, I don't know, it's almost like this is the second time that you're doing it, but you're a full-blown adult. <laughs> you know, like, you've kind of <laughs> got much harder so going <laughs> to
1: America, though. Like, New Zealand's easy, or New Zealand and Australia's easy, but going there with the Visa, the... driver's license social security number and bank accounts like it's all a major and you can't get one thing without the other so it's going to take us a little bit to get used to and understand how it all works there and um yeah just yeah everything is it's you know it's an english-speaking country but it may as well not be it's so different in some ways how it all works but yeah hopefully it's not too difficult to adjust
0: well i think Uh, I mean definitely well hey if I can do it (laughs) you can definitely do it (laughs) Uh, but I guess from the like the racing car driver perspective like you're a fully fledged racing car driver that's got experience in all these different series and you've raced all over the world so it's like back in the day you kind of had all that stuff to deal with like not as big of a jump but being so fresh to just being a professional racing car driver so it's like i'm sure you've got so much experience that you know if you could go back and restart your v8 supercar career again like how much easier it would be just purely based on the knowledge you have of being a race car driver
1: yeah but that's life in general isn't it you wish you could go back and do things different or know what you're know what you're new now or whatever it is um so yeah but that's part of life and that's what i'm excited about is just learning and getting those new experiences and skills like learning what it takes to drive around texas or homestead on the high Line and stuff like that just trying to understand something new and and then just have some fun like um you know i'm still having having fun off the track this year and still you know that's what it's all about for me i just want to be enjoying what i'm doing and go to the track every week with a with a smile on my face and that's what it'll be. Instead of twelve times a year, hopefully or I think I might be doing, you know, thirty five races or something. It's it's uh it's gonna be a huge change but one I'm looking forward to.
0: That's so sick. Mm. So how like now when you knew that you were doing it and and the that switch I guess was made, like is there any training and stuff you can do in Oz? to kind of get prepared for nascar like is there any sim stuff that helps or is it so is it so different that you kind of can't really prepare to either
1: yeah it's it's just simulator stuff like there's a lot of um technique and driving and being comfortable when you see a nascar driver the wheels always in their lap it looks like and they look it just looks silly to watch on tv but when you drive the car and you're in there for so long turning left and sitting against the g-forces of the banking and everything i i un- I found out why they they sit like that pretty quick, you know. It's yeah, kind of right. you You just stronger muscles and in a more comfortable position. So, when I got there, I moved the wheel away, put a smaller one on, and, <laughs> and like, tried right, to do it, tried to do it my way, and it's quite different. <laughs> but on the street, on the street, it was good, but in the truck, yeah, it um, I need that big wheel and on my lap. So, yeah, it's quite quite different. Um, and you know, you you learn to understand what you what you're seeing on TV and why it works and when you see those crashes at daytona or whatever that you know you come out of the last corner and they end up on the front straight or you think shit that went for a while but when you get there and look it, <laughs> yeah. it's like jesus that's like 500 meters from there to there they've been crashing for that long but you see the speed that they're going at you know it's 300 k's or 200 mile an hour it's pretty impressive how how fast things are happening and how quick you you're reacting and how um you know alert you have to be to what's going on so and and then of course you got someone in your ear the whole time spotting you telling what's around you it's it's very different to what i'm used to mm.
0: man i remember the first time i went to daytona and i you drive across like they kind of to get onto the track you, you kind of drive across the uh then the actual oval i yeah. could not believe it it was out That's of control of it, it's yeah it's like the world's largest supercross berm made out of concrete.
1: Yeah, and even I did the, I've done the Daytona 24 five times now, and every time you're on the banking, it's a cool feeling. And I just always go up to the wall one lap just for a laugh, and you sit up there and you just just look up down. so high. Yeah, it's a crazy feeling how banked it all is. So, going at you know, an extra 50 k's or whatever the the NASCARs will be doing to that, it's going to be bit of an experience especially with 30 other dudes around you
0: oh man it's gonna be sick so what's the what's the roadmap like in terms Uh, of racing and like the season and yeah like you're aiming for 35 races
1: yeah so next year the season starts in february ends start of november so um yeah i kind of know what i'm doing but not fully confirmed or announced yet but i'll end up hopefully doing 30 races or or even 40 if i get enough Uh, mixed classes but it'll be mainly in the Xfinity series but a lot of cup races and maybe some truck stuff too so just experiencing everything going to all the tracks and even you know the weekends where I'm not racing or not racing cup I'll just be there learning and being a part of the team and watching all the strategies and pit stops be in all the meetings understand what's going on so yeah it's just a experience year so I'm ready for hopefully 25 when I'm in the cup series full-time i'm ready to go and understand what's happening every week so yeah next year it's plenty of racing but mainly mainly learning
0: yeah and i guess that's probably something that you enjoy as well right like it's such a big part of being a race car driver like if you want to be at the top level it's so much more than just wheeling the car yeah
1: yeah you can't just jump in and drive like i guess you got to be prepared you got to know what lap laps you're pitting what the car's going to react like what what you need to change if it's loose or tight understeer or oversteer i got to change my terminology there but um you have to yeah just just have that communication with your crew chief and understand what you're in for and then you know what to look for and how hard to push what part of the race and then of course in the nascar you got the stages where they have the brakes halfway or third and second third of the races and then the green-white checkers at the end where they extend the race into overtime and stuff like that. So it's very different uh, race dynamic to what we have here where we basically just go flat out the whole time.
0: Yeah, and uh, and so the move with Ronald, have you got you got all that yeah. sorted? you get taken the big unit over?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's sorted to go over in the new year, and yeah, it'd be good to have the dog over there and be a bit of a shock for him going into winter, but um yeah we found a place that's that's sort of good to go for us furnished and got a See, backyard no one has fences no. in america is what i've what i found i know way eh? yeah, it's crazy when i asked about it there was a pretty simple response it's we have guns so <laughs> that's why they don't have fences <laughs> but um so very different but um it's good got them a place for the backyard and yeah it'd be fun to fun to take them over
0: that's so good. How was yep. uh, how was the New Zealand trip this year? I d- obviously didn't make it, but I saw yep. I saw some content from it. Looked unreal.
1: Yeah, that was good. That was kind of my send off, I guess. And uh, good to just race with the mates again, catch up with everyone, and then of course we had the paddock race. So it's good fun. The most fun is preparing them and spending. I had a Ford AU this time, and oh, the only thing yes. I could, only thing I could get last minute, so we got it the week of the race and. Yeah, stripped it out. I think we took 300 kilos out of it and prepared <laughs> it for the so race insane, and we eh? say mate? Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Um I think we had 26 or 28 cars and it was a bit of a rain out in the mud, but um yeah, we had a blast and just raced around, got covered in crap and then just left the cars there afterward. Yeah. Dude,
0: that's so good. I need I still need to get there for one of them.
1: Yeah, well we're going to do another so we'll try and do it do it every year we think. So that was our that was our fourth one now and yeah it gets more more competitive and more serious every year but still so much fun
0: dude yeah that that would be so much fun so what's the have you, you're just in a bit of like an off-season kind of period now like just trying to wrap up everything or you're going to be in oz yep. until you come over or
1: yeah so all finished here racing wise um we got our work triple well, eight christmas party next week so that'd be cool to go to and and see everyone there and then um yeah mid mid-december we we go over to america and then going to uk for for christmas with jess's family and then back to america and start preparing really and i think pretty much first couple of days of january the boys are back at the race shop and yeah start going in there and familiarizing myself and getting the routine of it all and yeah start learning what i'm in for
0: yeah, dude, that's so sick. I'm so pumped that uh, yeah, it's all it's all happening. Uh, mm. Well, mate, thanks very much for doing this. It was uh yeah, pretty pretty cool way to end our uh, our quarterly reports with uh, obviously three time Bathurst winner now and then uh, heading off into the the big old world of NASCAR and dragging Thank I you. think every every V8 supercar fan in Australia along for your NASCAR ride. So
1: yeah, hopefully it was pretty cool after chicago and indy having all the ford fans as well or a lot of ford fans say nice things and say they watch the race so yeah hopefully it's like when marcus went over people from this side of the world just all keep supporting and yeah but i'll still be watching all the races here when i can and yeah hoping that the team goes good
0: yeah awesome dude well uh yeah and hopefully we can get to a supercross together as well that'd be really cool
1: yeah that sounds good i'm keen for that
0: uh, all right, sweet mate. Well uh thank you very much for uh for this uh fourth and final quarterly report for uh for this year, mate.
1: Thank you. Cheers everyone.